I'm gay, but how do I tell my cat? Tell her she reminds you of your mom. If I had a million boogers. This feels transactional, and that's weird. And it's me speaking from an extreme point of privilege. Or if you were coming to to, yeah. to hit on me. Buy a bunch of books from people you hate. You want more advice? Dole it out gladly. You want bad advice? Man, I'll give it out gladly. I got some good advice for you. No, you don't. everybody on the internet uh this is chesco the speech prop and this is bad advice wednesdays the show where myself and a friend uh i guess intentionally try to ruin your life with bad advice but you knew that when you submitted these questions there should be no legal implications there but uh today i have uh i think the person i've known the the shortest amount of time so far to appear uh about like a month or so ago i think i connected with a shay or shade ain't so uh, on TikTok, and I just fell in love with her content. I thought the work she was doing and and the education she was doing was just absolutely phenomenal. And I and I knew right away. I was like, I want. I wonder if she wanted to be on my podcast. But I had to. I had to slow play it, become friends first, and then uh, <laughs> and then ask her to go on. No, um, but but we've we've uh, quickly. I, I think I, I've started to to really really connect uh, with, with her content, and what she does online, uh, and I'd love for you to get to know her a little bit more before we uh, go about ruining your life. And so. Shay, uh, this is, I guess, the opportunity for you to introduce yourself to my followers. And so, if they were to they were to stumble onto your page after the show, or just randomly, uh, what what should they be expecting to see? Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> I am I am honored. It was an easy response to the ask. Uh, <laughs> it was very cool. I've never done anything like this. Before. Awesome. Um, I would say my niche and my focus is LGBTQIA plus uh, advocacy and education, uh, particularly using historical or statistical um, evidence to do so. So I like to use those kind of statistics and those facts to highlight how big and diverse and beautiful our community is. Um, also to kind of explain the importance of visibility and inclusivity and the things that we can be doing to further those. And you know, where needed kind of to using them to, to kill with kindness a little bit um, and rebut some of the, the worst things that unfortunately we hear about our community on the Internet. It's a what? <laughs> what? No, there's still. Um, so I uh, what did you how did you get into the content creation, I guess, aspect of, of what you do? Did you did you join TikTok like with the intention of, of being a creator or was it just kind of something you did to kill? Like what, what was your kind of journey to where you are right now as a creator? I think it's interesting. I think I joined TikTok in the same way that many people do, just yeah. seeking a sense of community. Yeah. Um, it was in the middle of the pandemic yeah. uh, when all of us were extremely isolated. I was living by myself. Um, I had recently come out as a lesbian um, and didn't find that I was able to go out and foster a sense of community and find myself in date and talk to people like me. And so I joined TikTok intending to do so. Jokingly, I like to say I, I tried to join it as a dating app. Uh, <laughs> I, saw, I saw lesbians were using it that way. Um, but in order to find people and to talk to people, I had to post content. I did just want to be a, uh, I just didn't want to be a blank profile. Yeah. So I was thinking about what I was good at uh, and I cannot dance and I cannot sing and I'm not a comedian. Uh, and... I, I realized one of the things that I, I can do and I am good at is research. It's something I've always loved and decided that I wanted to lean into using uh, that kind of professional ability that I have to, yeah. to try and find others like me and, and maybe to help some people along the way. 
So it was a uh, it was a unexpected development. I certainly never intended to uh, to be a content creator, but I'm very happy to be. You mentioned that uh, you came out right before the pandemic, right? And and you end up like how how was I mean it's I don't know how to phrase the question, but how was that like to to like <laughs> to that, reveal this yeah. big part of your your yourself and your your life, and then all of a sudden now you are just solitary right you're not able to even explore openly yeah I'm, I'm assuming i don't want to put words in your mouth but like when you come out that's your chance to finally be you right and to 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 explore this side of you that you kind of had hidden away before uh, what was the experience like letting that letting that part of you uh, out in the open and then just being kind of shoved into a room for for years at end jarring yeah. <laughs> i think mm. unfortunately um I'm very grateful uh, that I, I, for years previously, I had identified as bisexual. I had openly been doing so and had a fantastic community um, of friends and family and and sort of support all around me. So it uh, wasn't as as huge of a leap as I know many others have had to make. Uh, But it was still difficult to to finally feel like I had, I'd nailed it. Uh, You know, I'd realized that thing that was wrong that thing mm-hmm. that wasn't steady um and to like you said immediately kind of be shoved into isolation and be unable to go out into the real world and try to figure out what existing like that would mm-hmm. be and so i think it is a that's one of the the beautiful things that social media for all of its negative things one of the the really really wonderful things that it's brought to us is this ability to find others living a similar existence or experience um anywhere around the world Mm -hmm. and it's a uh i am not just relegated to going to the local gay bar and trying to meet people like me i can find hundreds of thousands of them online right and you know it's a yeah (laughs) no no that's wonderful and so uh, and you can i can cut this question out if if you're not comfortable answering this but i know you've posted pictures of you and your girlfriend uh i don't know girlfriend wife partner i don't know uh what your what your what your what your relationship title uh, is but the person you are in a romantic relationship with uh, uh, online? Did you did it, it, it? Was that a TikTok thing or was that an online thing or how did how did that like did it work out for you? I'm just curious. It didn't so uh, my current girlfriend and uh, very hopefully last girlfriend yeah. is was a meeting of, of friends of friends and, okay. and we'd actually run into each other uh, every once in a while over the past couple of years. Um, so that that was not a TikTok relationship. I did, interestingly, though, have uh, a few dates and a few briefer relationships that did come out of TikTok as a platform. So uh, clearly they did not work out. So right. I do not know if I can recommend it in good faith, but mm-hmm. it, it did work. <laughs> Obviously, your, your content you know, says LGBTQ plus focus. Um, you know, that that is a, a person, you know, my content's all over the place, right? But a, but a percentage of it is on uh, speaking about the same issues that, that you do, either to a, to a lesser extent, but I know I struggled with from from a mental health perspective, kind of all how I wasn't ready for it, right? How hard the pushback was going to be, and and that's saying something just because it's not like I'm surprised by the toxicity of the internet, but specifically when I speak about anything related to trans rights, when it comes to uh, you know, uh, marriage equality when it comes to, you know, adoption, anything re- related to people that are not heterosexual, cishet people, I get this 
barrage of negativity. And I kind of have to mentally prepare myself every time I post something to know that I'm, I'm going to be attacked. And it's me speaking from an extreme point of privilege also as someone that is in a heterosexual relationship is a cisgender man, right? I still struggle with it. How do you, how do you personally kind of, kind of deal with and, and kind of um, process that kind of the, the negativity that comes from speaking about these issues? Uh, for one, I also have to recognize that I am also speaking from an incredible point of privilege. Mm -hmm. It's I, while I, you know, am a member of the community and definitely have, have faced some uh, backlash because of that. I have to also recognize that in nearly every other aspect of my life, I'm speaking from a point of privilege. Mm -hmm. I think that that is, uh, and, and even within the community, I am mm -hmm. so much more privileged than many others of us. And I think a lot of the, the recognition of that privilege is something that drives me to do this mm -hmm. because I, I would rather be the one fighting back against these people. Oh. I would rather wow. be the one dealing with their, their comments. And I would rather be the wow. one pushing back on, on what I often find are very misguided mm -hmm. uh, ideas. And I would rather be doing yeah. that than wow. someone in the community who is feeling it a little more deeply, who's right. in a less privileged position. Um, or just doesn't feel as well equipped. So at the end of the day, it doesn't always feel great. Uh, right. I did have to learn to pick and choose my battles. I had to to learn the moments that yeah. I save a comment to reply to it and learn the moments to just hit the block button right. and figuring out where that balance is, um, as well as remembering to, to enjoy the community. I am so happy and grateful to be a part of the LGBTQIA plus community mm -hmm. uh, for all of the hatred that is out there. We are such a vibrant, beautiful group of people. Right. And so to get to be a part of that and to remember that it, it is it is incredible to be here mm -hmm. is, uh, I think, is, is kind of what keeps me going through it. And I think you, you mentioned some really important things there, too. It's like, I think we we with all issues, whatever, whether it comes to race, sexuality, gender, et cetera, that we, it's, a, we tend to expect that it has to be the people that are hurt the most that are, that right. to, they have to be the ones to speak the most when at the end of the day, if you're not using your privilege to speak up against it, you're, you're only making it worse. Right. In that situation, yeah. even though, even though it's hard, you're, you're right. Though. It is, it is something you have to acknowledge. I made a video. Um, I don't know if you saw if, This is like before we, way before we be get came mutuals online, um, that was uh, talking about Dylan Mulvaney um, and the uh, the the amount of people. And I made a video talking about the reaction to it. But the amount of people that unfollowed me that were like, well, I don't I don't I don't agree. I don't feel comfortable. You know, I, I wish you'd just speak to this was like it made me it clicked in my head. I was like, oh, no, I feel really terrible that you felt ever felt comfortable on my page. Right. I was like, oh, what was I doing wrong that made you think that your transphobia was something that that was ever even slightly <laughs> acceptable, like that I would even want you uh, on my page. You just got to hit that block button. <laughs> there is, it's uh, something that reminded me when you were speaking, uh, is when people follow you and then say, wait, I don't like that you, you know, you hold this position on this one issue. Uh, I see that frequently with uh, trans rights. Yeah. And I am posting constantly about trans rights. And I try to make it very clear 
uh, that I am not interested in sort of a conditional solidarity. Right. I am not interested in people following me because they see me as a permissible or a, a palatable member of, of my community mm-hmm. uh, because I'm a cis woman. Like mm-hmm. that is not, and I and I don't want your support if you're not also going to support my trans brothers and sisters. And there it is something I, I fight very hard against on my platform mm-hmm. is allowing that call to come from inside the house. Mm-hmm. Um, because unfortunately within the community, and I, I see it from lesbians, currently I'm seeing it from lesbians in, in particular, there is a uh, decent amount of transphobia mm-hmm. uh, within our own community. And it is disappointing and it is upsetting and it is something that I feel is my obligation to speak up against because I will not, I'm not leaving that to my trans sisters to fight right. for themselves. Before we get to bad advice, let's let's kind of shift <laughs> to a more positive uh, kind of know. So we, we've talked about the negativity, um, but I think one of the things we kind of touched on was some of the positivity that also comes from from speaking about these issues online. And uh, I'd love to hear, you know, what was your what's your experience been like, or was there anything that was kind of surprising about the reaction or the feedback you've gotten that is kind of makes you smile and makes you want to keep doing this? Whenever I see people comment and say, "I didn't know that," yeah, yeah, yeah. I did realize that in in a positive way. That mm-hmm. is, I. Uh, that is an incredible piece of positive feedback that yeah. makes me want to keep doing this. It is also, it's, it's a reminder that, uh, you know, other people's brains don't work the the same way that mine do. Uh, and mine is, I, I just want to know if I'm reading about a community, I want to know how big that community is. Yeah. I want to know where that community came from. I want, and so to find other people online who have that same sense yeah. of intellectual curiosity and who trust me to help them foster it is yeah. really incredible. And so I, my favorite videos that I do are the ones where I'm just talking about our size, our impact, mm-hmm. you know, how many of us there are. Um, and I think it is so important to foster visibility through that mm-hmm. uh, and, and to see the positive feedback coming from that. Uh, because we know that people, when, when, we, when we have visibility, when mm-hmm. we see people that look like us, that yeah. remind us of us, that we can relate to, we feel safer and right. and we feel cared for and we feel accepted. Oh. And that is such a right. a massively important tool to have in the yeah. arsenal of inclusivity, mm-hmm. uh, especially right now when others in the world may not feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a very long-winded way to say that I just, I love seeing when people learn something oh. they didn't already know from one of my videos and it, it makes them feel better about being queer. And I think that's, you think but i'm i'm much older than you i'm 41 right and oh. and the the fact that we like when i was growing up that there was no access to this kind of information right this whole thing i was this this deeply religious boy and and i grew up in san francisco my mother's best friend was a drag a drag queen so i i was exposed to the community from a from a very young age um but it, it's still like all, all the things that i that, that are available now i think for young people are so important Especially, you didn't say young people necessarily, but especially for young people, being able to go on TikTok, right, and being able to go online, being able to see what we're saying and what you're saying, um, is is such it can be life changing, right? It can be that that lifeline for them to be like, okay, I have this connection to this one person, uh, and that's gonna that's gonna keep me going to see what they talk about next and to, and to help me learn a little bit more. There are so many studies out there that show that having a sense of feeling like you have a sense of community is mm-hmm. something that kids going when they don't have that safe space either in their school or in their home or within their friend group being able to find that sense of community 
has been shown to keep them not only happy and healthy, but alive. <laughs> there are other studies that kind of uh, tangentially relate to that by showing that queer kids are far more likely to try to find communities online. <laughs> and so where we have the ability to to build something, I think <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, it's. I feel like it's my responsibility as someone that's comfortable in the community mm-hmm. to try to create that space for someone. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, Bar & Girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar & Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby. Great. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, I know the, what, before I get to the, the last thing I want to say before I get to the bad advice is I know the one thing I wasn't prepared for, because I have a I'm pretty older, and quote unquote older audience, like 25 plus, um, but uh, the when I went to YouTube, all of a sudden, oh. for whatever reason, my videos started being shown to teenagers. Uh, young people and I started getting all these messages from people like from, from trans kids and from uh, you know LGBTQ plus in general kids that were messaging me and commenting like thank you for letting me see like I, w- I wish my dad said this or thanks internet dad I get these comments from these young people like thanks internet dad I needed to hear that today internet dad uh, and it and I was like sitting at my computer just sobbing because that was I didn't intend to, you know I wasn't making content for young people for teenagers but the fact that they're seeing it um, and, and that, you know, maybe when their own father isn't, isn't saying that to them, but seeing someone that look might look like their father saying that um, I didn't, I didn't even expect to get that reaction from them. And it has been, it's, it's once again, re re energizes me in a lot of ways that keep speaking about these issues. It's so sad that they don't, they're not getting that and that they have to rely on internet at, but for now, you know, that that's what I'm here for. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, to kind of be that, just keep on doing with it and bring that positivity, right? And so along those lines, I think this was a wonderful, I think they definitely got to know who you are uh, for this. And now I think we're going to get to some bad advice. And so uh, a reminder for everyone listening in on this podcast, in case this is your first time joining us, uh, we are not uh, giving good advice, right? The intention here is to give bad advice. And if you take our, you take our advice and that's on you, you can't, you can't come back here and blame us for this. And so that's the only good advice we'll get. Yes, that's the only good advice is don't listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> Our first question for today is, my real name is boring and I want to choose a new one. What should it be? Mm. I'm initially tempted to say go fictional character. Really? You no, know, just really lean into it like Daenerys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I think for a more practical name, I would uh, I would recommend thinking up an industry. Yeah. Googling what tycoons of that industry historically have, have made the most profit off of it and uh, pick one of their names. Because yeah. I think in my mind, that is taking the name of a rich man and then you can use that to present yourself with the confidence of one too. I like it. Just Elon, I think, is a, yes. is a great name just for... Um... Nice to meet you. I'm Rockefeller. It's right. Like a, it's it's really... beautiful. We all the, it, It's funny. And this is just breaking from bad advice for a second. The story... We, uh, my, when, when my wife and I were brainstorming names for kids, we used to be very big Harry Potter fans, you know, growing mm-hmm. up as the, as the age that we are, especially that was our entire childhood 
you know, going to midnight releases and everything. And Hermione was up high on our list for a long time. And we're like, no, we can't do that. This is also, there's a Shakespearean reference there. Uh, so be yeah. careful. Be careful when picking somebody because you never know. A franchise might mean a lot to you at one point in your life. And then the yeah, things can I, happen to shift your perspective on. <laughs> I said, if that is, I give a similar piece of advice to people about tattoos. And this mm. actually good advice. Right. It's okay. Um, it's okay. <laughs> but I always say, when I'm talking to people about tattoos, mm -hmm. I'm like, do not get the tattoo of a character in a show that's still happening mm -hmm. or an actor or actress who is still with us. Because I just like there there are people out there who right. have Kevin's face tattooed on their leg. Like, don't mm -hmm. you don't want that. Yeah. It's just it's that there's a there's a little little tidbit of good advice. Just be, just be careful. You're right. Like, make sure they're in the history books. Yes. <laughs> in, yeah. in, in widely studied history that uh that well, you're not gonna find that stuff then later on. <laughs> yeah. Treat it like a memorial. When memorials right. go up typically there's a couple of decades between right whatever the incident or that person's life right. in the memorial like that <laughs> it's one of the reasons i don't have any tattoos I've, I've always changed my mind constantly uh, and i can't think of anything where i'm like oh, i don't know so i think i my my goal now i, I think i'm going to get something my kids drew on my arm because then it there's nothing there's literally nothing that will ever happen i think that could make Sentiment this weird boys right. exist right yep. so i think that's that's my goal now if for when i when i officially hit pick peak midlife crisis i'm gonna get like a sleeve of my <laughs> my kids drawings on there question number two i'm gay but how do i tell my cat oh this is tough i think if your cat has spent any amount of time in the room with you <laughs> and has also witnessed your tiktok for you page mm. uh i i think the cat might have put two and two together right but if you are looking to have a longer discussion with Fluffy, if you're mm -hmm. concerned, it might not be all for uh, all for for the gay parent lifestyle. Um, I would recommend sitting the cat down and uh, and and espousing to them the virtues of a dual income, no kids lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hits of that for them. Right, get to get them on board with the idea of it before dropping the uh, the the big reveal. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And in my experience, cats are very understanding, though. Uh, I think they are, like, they're probably the most understanding of all animals. Yeah, yeah. They kind of, it's a, if a cat could speak, I could see, mm -hmm. like, if I had told my cat, if I'd been like, I'm gay, she mm -hmm. would have been like, does this involve me? Right. They're kind of, yeah, they're very much just that. That would have been the, yeah. the extent of it. And Will, will I, this affect my food? Yeah. No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe dogs might be a little bit even more the most support like immediately if you're looking for that big reaction a dog would probably be who you, you tell first but uh but yeah the cat's not gonna really care in either yeah. way it's kind of yeah yeah Agreed. it's gonna be a nice ambivalence mm -hmm. and maybe even just like uh you mentioned the for you page maybe you just let the cat look at your for you page for a little while just let them right. let them come to their own conclusions and see how mm -hmm. they react to that Education. Uh, yeah. Come across a that'll come across a couple of accounts like ours, and in no time, mm -hmm. ally. Boom! Beautiful. All right, I think yeah. we nailed it. I think that's uh, that was that was nice, nice to the point. Actually, that was pretty good advice, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! We missed. All right, all right. Uh, question number three: Can you give me some good pickup lines? Ooh! This, Ooh. Is, a, this is a genderless question, so we don't know who, where. We don't know the the you know their 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 spots. Just in general, some good pickup lines. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I'll, I'll then respond to this 
from the perspective of if you were if you were coming to to mm. to hit on me as a uh, as a woman, yep. I I would say that you know something uh, women like myself appreciate is knowing that you maintain close personal relationships with mm. people, and we we love a we love a family man or family woman, family person. So I think off the bat, I would probably approach someone and uh, tell her she reminds you of your mom. Mm. I mean that's beautiful, right? Yeah, that's yeah. off the bat. Well, I don't. I can't imagine anybody would take that in any weird way because it's that's no. that's sh- and also it shows you have a good relationship with your mom, and uh, exactly. and who isn't attracted to that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, you can take that in, in any other direction, you know. It's so you can tell mm-hmm. them they remind you, your dad, mm-hmm. your aunt, mm-hmm. grandma, mm-hmm. second cousin. Really, it, you know, it's just about making it known mm-hmm. that you care for the people in your life. I did have a pickup line contest that I won when I was 12 years old. I, I looked it up, uh, and this was my submission was if I had a million boogers, I'd still pick you. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Thank you. No, that's I, it's a solid. That's, that's so good. Poetry? I was always a sucker. For the, yeah, I was mm-hmm. always a sucker for the you know, like if if you were a pirate, would your parent be on this shoulder mm-hmm. or this shoulder? Mm-hmm. Was that's um, good. Nice little. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you have you ever had a uh, like a genuine pickup line work on you like like bad advice aside like someone that approached you with one and had it actually <laughs> made the, the conversation kept going after there? I don't. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I had once in college, someone came up to me and gave me a business card with his that basically said, like, I think you're attractive. <laughs> There's my number. And I wasn't sure what to make of it. Mm-hmm. I think for some people that could work for me, I was like, this feels transactional. And that's weird. Um, <laughs> but I will say, well, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I've had any that have worked on me. Mm-hmm. I did kind of develop my own when I was going into okay basis uh, i'm extremely feminine presenting and so i but i'm not afraid to approach people yeah. um and i think in queer spaces i wanted to make it known to uh other uh either other women or non-binary individuals i was attracted to that i was actually attracted to them and, and hitting on them i was not there yeah. looking for a, a gay bestie right um, and so off the bat i would walk up to people at bars and just ask their permission to hit on them I, I, it's, I mean, yes. that makes sense. It, it gives them the opportunity. If yeah. they're not interested, they say, no, thank you. And you say, great, have a good night and yeah. you move on. But if they're interested, then they know you're interested in them. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're off to the races. My, my genuine, uh, I did not have, I was the worst. I had no confidence. So you have this, you have this wonderful confidence where you're like, that would have, that sounds, that's amazing. Right. My, when I was on the dating market, I would just, uh, I would need someone to, so over because my 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 way of greeting i was just i would end up randomly talking to somebody at a party and then i would just be like the most awkward goofy person and i needed to make sure in my mind that they weren't interested in me so that i could actually be normal (laughs) uh and so it would then it would then have to be this overbearing where they would have to like just literally say are you going to ask for my number uh, before I would have any understanding that there was there was any interest back to me. It worked out well for me though. It's just that uh, apparently people like when you don't hit on them uh, sometimes because it just uh, they end up like oh well this is this is working. You're you're okay to talk to and so yeah. Um, I guess maybe some good advice. Yeah, e- either 
asking for permission if you're not in a in a specific space that where where it is expected i guess to an extent uh yeah then then yeah i would say don't do that the, the one thing i've heard from a lot of people is don't do that at the grocery store unless it's like a hookup there's a, there's certain grocery stores that are specific for like known for like spaces to meet other people but uh if you're in just a public space i don't think any any good relationship has ever started from you yelling out of your car at somebody uh no yeah. and it's remarkable how often that right. happens and right. like just every time i'm like what yeah. what is the desired outcome right but yeah i will say <laughs> you know in public spaces again mm -hmm. a, a bit of I think, good advice right uh if you're in a bar or a place that mm -hmm. makes sense permission if you're in more of a public space and you're like oh i don't want to miss this opportunity but i don't want to be weird just give them your number mm -hmm. don't it's and, like and i do like that that's a huge thing too i think is just making sure let not not aggressively and don't double check their number don't like don't, it, don't, don't do yeah. Oh, yeah never a, yeah. i have never enjoyed when someone demanded uh, that i give them or ask for yeah. i much much prefer it when people are like and, and it's something i do as well i'm like hey mm -hmm. if you're interested here's my number right because also if they gave you a fake number do you think that that the, you can still have oh. a woo them over eventually by like it's like yeah. uh just move on anyways <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's see. I think we have time for one more. Um, let's see. What is something I can put into my living room as a conversation starter for guests? <laughs> um, I think it's it's important to to have a, a bit of a library, you yeah. know, or at least demonstrate some some academic interest. Yeah. So uh, I'm inclined to say have a lot of books. I want to go further, though, and say uh, make them a bunch of college textbooks. Okay, okay. And then if you really want it to be an interesting conversation, I think the the, uh, the best thing you can do is get a bunch of college textbooks from courses you never did. Mm. Okay. Because it, it will be a conversation starter why you have them. Mm -hmm. because the, I, I don't want to talk about it. Yes, yeah. You you can play that however yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. I really like the idea of someone going down the line and trying to be like, okay, so you're interested in chemistry. Yeah. No. Okay, you're interested in history. No. And it just, you know. It, Why do you ask? It's memorable conversation. Right. I like that. Uh, I think also, I, I, I was, I don't know if this is bad advice or good advice. Um, but if you're if you're meeting, say say you're in a a new group of social a new social circle, I think buy a bunch of books from people you hate and see how they react. Oh, get like a Jordan Peterson book and just put it on your put it on your on your coffee table and just see what happens. Now you do need yeah. to make sure if they don't mention it, you do need to make sure to address it before they leave, or else they are going to make certain assumptions about you. But I think yes. I think letting it putting it out there and just seeing what happens can be a great way to uh to really get catch the vibe of the of the of this new friendship relationship whoever it is you could put a you could just put a post-it note yeah, right yeah. on like the inside cover that just says like this was a test and you passed ooh, and that's, so if they're, that's important yeah, yeah so if they're like ooh, what's this about yeah. you can that's just true open because it if, you, if you don't have that yeah if, if you if you don't have that ahead of time then uh then they're gonna be like oh you're no they really do like him they're just saying yes. that mm, that's a good point so that was bad <laughs> i did give bad advice so the bad advice is don't have a post-it involved oh, yeah, have, yeah. post have no way to but... prove that that what you're saying <laughs> yeah books on the coffee table get some iron rounds really you think like it's it. just, just stack them and just 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 mm, what do you think of these so and just stare at them as they as they 
look through them. Yeah, pick them up. Wide eyed, no blinking. Mm-hmm. It's uh, mm-hmm. you will you will get to know them quickly right away. Uh, all right, Shay. Well, before I think this was some great bad advice and some good advice by accident. I I think we had uh, I always have trouble sticking to just the character of being a horrible person. Um, but before we get to, I'd like to end the show with good advice. Um, but before we get to that, how can people find you if they were if they enjoyed our our interview today, our talk today, and they want to find you online? Where where can they find you on the internet? Um, I am active to, on either Instagram, which is Shade Ain't So uh, with one O at the end, and TikTok Shade Ain't So with two O's at the end of that one. Um, those are really the only the only two places where I, I'm uh, an active content creator. But I uh, encourage your follow on on either or both. All right. So the to end on a, on a on a super positive. I think this has actually been a really wonderful positive conversation, but. Uh, on on a on an even more positive note, I like to give my guests a chance to share with us some either life advice or a mantra or just something that has has stuck with you either personally or professionally that that you know meant a lot to you either from your experience or from from somebody else that you'd like to share with the world. I do. I think because I've spent so much of this time talking about uh, about education and about how much I enjoy doing that. I think it is very important for me to end by saying education is never your obligation. So it is, I enjoy discourse and debate with people uh, as long as it is, um, if it's coming from an honest place uh, and perspective as opposed to just being angry. But you cannot reach everyone and there is nothing more important to protect than your own people. So... I have figured out how to do that while also debating and discoursing and educating and advocating. I've found my balance. You find yours, whoever it is that's listening, you find yours. And it is never your obligation to try to convince somebody that you deserve to exist. That's that's honestly beautiful. Do you ever get, sorry, I know it's just about the end. Do you oh ever get that? I, this is like, there's a little bonus section right here. Do you ever get, um, the thing that really annoys me is when I'll say something and they'll say, well, you're not going to, you know, are you afraid that by by being angry about this or by being upset about this, you're going to make people not want to help or that you're going to you're going to turn your allies against what you're what you're saying? And I, I hate that so much because like yeah. you know, if I if my one video was enough to make someone give up a quote unquote allyship, yeah. then they were never an ally. They were never what? It's a, I see it all the time is a, it, it feeds into, I mentioned earlier, conditional solidarity. It's this idea that you have to uh, either provide someone with something or make them feel included in order for them to to support your right to exist and live in love. And mm-hmm. that is, that's not allyship. Mm-hmm. That is pro quo. And if you're quid pro quoing someone's ability to live and to love uh, and to exist, then it's a business transaction. Right. It's not support yeah. and it's not allyship. So it is a, uh, yeah, I'll end with that. Sorry, that was my that was my ADHD kind of continuing this over and over. But thank you, thank you so much. This was genuinely wonderful. I could honestly talk to you for even longer, but I know people need, people watch this on their commutes, and so they uh, this is the <laughs> where we're gonna end. Thank you again. I look forward to uh, to seeing your more of your stuff online. No, thank you so much for having me. This was a, a very 
fanatic and sort of engaging experience for me. So I really appreciate it. And that was Bad Advice on a Wednesday. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, please subscribe, share it with your friends, drop a five-star review. You can always support us financially at patreon.com slash thespeechprof. All links of everything we talked about will be available in the show notes. And most importantly, remember this is intended to be bad advice. Please do not listen to anything we say. I'm sorry. Okay, dope rhyme slinger, good advice giver. Listen for a second, let me try and paint a picture. Raises coming up and you want your check bigger. Moving quiet just won't get you seen. Your boss a clicker, uh.